Grantline, a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic are spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the sixth episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Rookies. I am your host, Michael Cohen. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, all I have to say right now is that that was an awesome episode. By far the best yet, in my opinion. So I guess I was right. Last week I said that it just seems to be getting better and better. And uh, I haven't been proven wrong yet. Of course, that is only my opinion. But I do have some mail that suggests that you guys agree with me. So, uh, it, it, it's not just me. I think everybody thinks that the show keeps getting better and better. So, we got some news this week. Uh, biggest piece of news, and unfortunate piece of news, there will be no new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars on Cartoon Network this coming Friday. Uh, I... Cartoon Network will instead be airing a marathon of Goosebumps, which they haven't made a new episode of Goosebumps since I was about 12, so I feel sorry for anyone who tunes in and mistakenly watches Goosebumps instead of Clone Wars, uh, but it's their Halloween programming. Unfortunately, Friday is Halloween, and so it's going to preempt any regularly scheduled stuff. Uh, I mean, it's not unfortunate that it is Halloween. It's awesome that it's Halloween. Um, but unfortunately, no Clone Wars. The good news on that is that starting next week, I will be uh, synced up on CTV with, with uh, you guys down there in the States. So you guys will get your new episode on Friday, and then I will get my new episode on Sunday. So I don't have to, uh, to go to all the trouble of, of getting the episodes the way I have been getting them in order to put this out on time, which is a huge relief for me. So hopefully we can keep that going and continue to have the episodes in sync so that I don't have to worry so much. On that note, for our Canadian listeners, uh, ctv.ca is actually uh, making available the episodes of Clone Wars. Uh, the same online viewing as on Cartoon Network or uh, StarWars.com. So that's pretty awesome. You can head over to ctv.ca, head over to, uh, there's a tab that says Programs, find the Clone Wars, and then from there you'll be able to navigate and watch full episodes of it. Um, it's not the best quality, it's kind of small, but when you're watching it on your on your computer and uh, and it's it's an internet you can kind of expect the quality right it's like high quality youtube so uh if you do miss an episode and you do want to get caught up uh canadian viewers can do that now and of course american viewers can continue to watch it on starwars.com or the cartoon network like you guys have so um here's some other big news and, uh, and this is kind of, this is a bit of an announcement both for Star Wars fans and for fans of Frontlines. I got about four or five pieces of mail about this particular piece of news, and so it's kind of prompted me to add something uh, to my weekly coverage. 
And that is going to be Star Wars The Old Republic, the massively multiplayer online role-playing game uh, being developed currently by BioWare and Lucas. Um, everybody seems to have enjoyed the episode uh, that was dedicated to The Force Unleashed. So, and, and I'll pretty much take your guys' opinions on this, um, I will either include The Old Republic... Uh, MMO in my weekly news on episodes or I can wait until major announcements come or wait until there are weeks that uh, we don't have a lot of news or uh, when there's no new episodes like there is next week and I can do uh, episodes specifically devoted to uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Of course that'll be as it gets a little bit closer. I mean we're quite a ways out right now it's only been announced um, and then a few screenshots and uh, and some concept art has been shown and they've talked about uh, what what sort of compels the gameplay so uh, there's not a ton of news about uh, night or it's not Knights of the Old Republic it's just the Old Republic um, so there's not a lot of news yet but as there gets to be more news, there are a couple of directions that we can take it. So I will take your guys' feedback on that. You can let me know how you want me to, to uh, handle it. But either way, I am going to cover it because I am pretty excited about it, as are a lot of listeners. And, uh, and somebody needs to be, uh, be reporting on it uh, from a knowledgeable video game standpoint. And I personally feel that's me. So uh, if you guys agree, then you can write me in some mail and, and let me know, and, uh, and I, will, I will do that. Um, our last piece of news, this isn't the, uh, the best piece of news for the week, but uh, Ian McDiarmid has uh, suffered a suspected heart attack just this past week. This actually has happened, I think, a, a day or two after I uh, recorded the last episode. So it didn't quite make it into the news last week. Um, this is from Jedi Insider. Uh, Star Wars actor Ian McDiarmid suffered a suspected heart attack while on stage in London's West End, but insisted on finishing his opening night debut. McDiarmid suffered from dizzy spells during his performance in Luigi Pirandello's Six Characters in Search of an Author on the 22nd. But the star, who played Emperor Palpatine in the Star Wars franchise, continued until the play's final curtain call before being taken to the hospital. A spokeswoman for the play at the, I'm, I'm going to guess, Gilgud Theater says, I think he had dizzy spells or something. He did the curtain call and he felt not quite there. The doctor saw him and said, why don't, why don't you rest for a few days? There was a very rigorous technical rehearsal period up to that point. The show had been in... Chichester. If I have any uh, British listeners out there, you guys can, can correct my terrible pronunciation. Before it transferred to London and everything. McDiarmid is expected to continue in six characters in search of an author until the run ends on the 2nd of November. So, unfortunate news. Uh, we, we all hope that he is okay and that, uh, that it's nothing too serious and that he recovers from it. But, uh, I mean, that just shows how strong in the force he is to continue on with a show 
even when you're suffering from uh, acute dizzy spells and that sort of thing. So, uh, so it's pretty big news, and, and the reason I, I put it in there is just because I want to put out my well wishes, and I'm sure that everybody else listening uh, will do the same. So, so there that is, and that is our news for the week. Uh, from there, we will go right into our recap of the best episode yet, Rookies. This is the fifth episode of The Clone Wars thus far, and, uh, and like I said, it just keeps getting better. So here we go. We join the clones on a remote security outpost on the Rishi Moon. Within the outpost, things are quiet as usual. The clones on duty seem rather relaxed, not very concerned about their jobs. That is until their sergeant arrives. He explains that they are the last outpost between Kamino and the rest of the Outer Rim, making their job incredibly important in protecting the clone homeworld. Aboard the Resolute, Obi-Wan Anakin's lack of sleep. Anakin assures that he will sleep once they have found Grievous, but his trail seems to have gone cold. Yularen reports that they have an incoming transmission from Commander Cody, who is currently doing inspections of all the Outer Rim tracking stations. His next stop is the Rishi Outpost. Back at the Outpost, the sensors alert the clones to an incoming meteor shower. But these are no mere space rocks. They're droid landing pods. Several battle droid commandos emerge from the pods, incapacitating the, the Outpost sentry, CT-327, and slicing into the blast doors. Once inside the Outpost, the commandos quickly overrun the troopers, slaying the sergeant and forcing the new recruits to flee before they can alert the Republic fleet. The droids then report to Grievous that they have taken the base and are now transmitting the all-clear signal. Camino will never see Grievous and his Separatist fleet coming. Back at the outpost, the droids receive an incoming transmission from Commander Cody and Captain Rex, who have arrived to inspect the station. Mimicking the clone's voice and disguised with one of their helmets, the commandos try to convince Cody and Rex that there is no need for an inspection. However, the clones are suspicious and intend to suspect, inspect the outpost anyways. On the moon's surface, the rookies have made their way out of the facility through the ventilation shaft. As they discuss their course of action, now that their commanding officer is dead, they're interrupted by one of the moon's natural inhabitants, a giant eel. The creature snatches the trooper cut up and slithers back into one of the moon's many caverns. Just then, they spot Cody and Rex as they land on the platform above. On the platform, Cody and Rex don't know what they're walking into. The blast door opens, and out comes a trooper, welcoming them to the outpost. But something's not right. The rookies signal to Rex and Cody and Rex using a droid attack flare, and Rex takes the hint, blasting the disguised commando droid right in the head. Just then, the droids ambush the clones, forcing them back towards the ship. These clankers are tougher than normal, and better armed. Cody and Rex drive off, dive off the platform, narrowly escaping the blast of several thermal grenades that take out their transport. Descending to the moon's surface, the two are met by the rookies, and that giant eel. Not missing a step, Rex blasts the eel square in the eye, slaying the beast. Heavy is impressed. The rookies introduce themselves, and Rex refers to them as shinies, because their armor is shiny and new, just like the rookies. Back at the fleet, Obi-Wan and Anakin are concerned that their troopers haven't reported in yet, but they're more concerned about finding Grievous. 
Back on the moon, Rex comes up with a plan to take back the station, using the droid's own trick against them. Acting like one of the disguised battle droids and using one of their dismembered heads, he convinces them to open the blast doors. With the rest of the troops laying in wait, they overpower the commandos and retake the outpost. But the commandos aren't The Separatist fleet has just arrived on its way to Kamino and detects that the commandos have been destroyed. As the clones try to rewire the transmitter, a Separatist battalion deploys. The clones are outnumbered. There's no hope in defeating the battalion, but if they can destroy the outpost, the all-clear signal will be disrupted, alerting the Republic fleet to an imminent threat. Using the base's liquid Tabana, they can wire a bomb to destroy the outpost and the clankers. But they'll need to stall for time. Heavy and the other troopers hold off the droids while Rex wires the bomb. Yularen can't get through to the base, but the all-clear signal is still transmitting. The clones will have to wire that bomb soon as the droids are slowly advancing into the station. But Rex can't seem to get the detonator to sync with his remote. Heavy takes over, urging the rest of the troops to escape before the droids show up. But it's not working, he'll have to find some other way. Standing off against the whole battalion, Heavy manages to last long enough to detonate the bomb manually, destroying the outpost and sacrificing himself in the act. With the all-clear signal disrupted, the fleet is alerted to Grievous' plans, coming to the rescue and turning away the cowardly Grievous. Back aboard the Resolute, Master Kenobi and General Skywalker award the surviving rookies, but more importantly, they've earned the respect of Commander Cody and Captain Rex, who recruits the clones to the 501st. So that was a quick recap. That did not take long to get through, and the reason why is because that was a quick episode. Uh, it did not stop. It, it started off with that quiet moment on the uh, on the outpost and uh and the and the clones listening to uh to the the galactic army of the republic network uh radio station i guess uh, the the hollow transmission and which was a really cool added bonus and 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 it kind of it was it was reminiscent of those like uh 1940s uh, world war ii era uh radio shows and that sort of stuff like transmissions uh, for 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 army troops and, and for for those kinds of guys uh, with like the dedication to the uh, to the different battalions and that sort of stuff. So that was that was a really cool, nice added touch. Um, and then seeing the clones, especially like these these new uh, fresh rookies, not really taking their job so seriously. They they like it says in the opening. They, uh, they haven't had time to complete their training, their basic training, so they're not quite the, the battle-hardened or, or well-trained clone troopers that we've seen in other parts of Star Wars. These guys are a little bit more relaxed because they've obviously been sort of rushed through their training protocols and then uh, dispatched as, as they're needed. Um, and, and it shows and, and they act kind of a bit more like <clears throat> more like young men than than clone troopers like we're used to seeing them so they're, they're kind of like you know 20 something guys just kind of hanging out and it's a boring job for all but uh, all but they're, they're who seems to be kind of like the, the head officer uh, other than the sergeant of course 
but the the head officer who who enjoys the the opportunity to to review his training manuals which i think is kind of funny it shows again that they each have individual personalities and that although they may all come from the same template they are all clones they're not the same person they're all individually unique people and uh and this episode just kind of drives that home all the more which was which was really great it was great to see them uh in that environment and especially to see them without a jedi because uh i think sometimes we see them with jedi that there's a there's an intimidation factor of sort of like the highest commanding officers uh everyone takes orders from the jedi in the uh in the grand army of the republic so if you're a member of the guard you you look up to the jedi and you're a bit intimidated by them so your personality does, may not come out like it would if you were by yourself or just uh just you and a bunch of uh your brothers because that's how they consider each other is just brothers so then after we sort of see the 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 clones doing their thing for a bit we get we get these new droids which uh <clears throat> if you listen to the commentary on starwars.com with dave filoni he kind of goes into their thinking behind adding the commando droids and the reason why they did is because those other battle droids the standard battle droids the ones that do sort of that slapstick funny stuff uh that you know you love it or you hate it but um they're not nearly as menacing as they can be i i think personally that the super battle droids are but the super battle droids are also slow so they're easy to escape from and they're easy to take down because kind of one one clone trooper to one super battle droid is uh is a fairly even match one clone trooper to one standard battle droid i think is is not an even match but one clone trooper to one of these commando droids uh isn't even for the clones like it, it weighs on the favor of the droid side because these uh these commando droids have their their tougher shells better weapons uh they're smarter and they have the ability to like mimic voices to uh to be deceitful which battle droids don't really i mean we see in episode one qui-gon who is a jedi who should not be on Theed, just walks right up to them with queen amidala and all of these other guys and just engages in a conversation with a battle droid i don't think you'd get that reaction from one of the commando droids commando droid would have looked at a jedi and gone it's a jedi let's kill it but there it's also a different time period sort of i mean that's that's sort of 10 to 11 years previous so who knows but uh but anyways the 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 commandos are a more intense version of the battle droids which i think was was really needed um in order to amp up the peril that the clones would be in which kind of brings me to my next point about this episode is that once again just like in uh, shadow of malevolence these clones are expendable they're gonna die it doesn't matter how attached you get to certain members of them of, of the clone trooper army they're gonna die a lot of them are gonna die um 
we've not seen Rex uh, in in uh, in the movie in in episode three. So one can only assume because I'm pretty sure that Commander Apo is the one who commands the five hundred first. In uh, and I could be wrong. I, I'm not I'm not that up on my uh, on my five hundred and first Legion command flow. Um, so if you guys can, can correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure that Commander Apo is the commanding officer of the 501st, and we've never heard of Rex before. He's a new character. So who knows if he's going to make it through the Clone Wars, right? Uh, it's it's kind of one of those things that time, only time's going to tell on that one. And he is the one that we are obviously the most connected to. The only one we know is going to make it through is Cody because we see him in episode three and um, there, there's a whole connection there. It's cool to see Obi-Wan's way of treating Cody. Uh, he says, good man, that Cody. And he's kind of, he's got a rapport if, with Cody as his sort of, his, the, the head of his clone trooper battalion. That's really cool because if you read some of the other materials, some of the books and stuff that were set in the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan... Uh, he doesn't necessarily think of the clones in the way that a lot of the other Jedi do. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of Cestus Deception, which has him and Kit Fisto. And in that book, Obi-Wan sort of just regards the clones as, as tools and they're soldiers and that's their purpose. That's what they were bred for. That's their job. And, uh, and when he needs them to suit that purpose he'll call them into action. Um, Kit Fisto has the differing opinion that they're all individuals and that they can all make choices for themselves. I mean, he's the uh, one of the first ones to sort of let a clone discover its own identity. So, I mean, you, you, kinda, you see a bit of that. In, in some of the other material like the comics and stuff like that but that book kind of really nails it home and then to see him have a personal relationship with Cody is it's a bit of a different thing and it shows you that that although he tries to remain detached and I mean of all of the Jedi I think that he kind of sticks to the rules in that sense the most and he does try and remain detached and he doesn't get attached to each one of them but you can see a hint of it and it's not overpowering. It's really, really faint. And I think it's a really good characterization of Obi-Wan because that, that is him to a T. He will follow the Jedi Order to the letter. And it's not to a fault like you could see it being. I mean, you, you see, I think you see Obi or, uh, Mace Windu and Yoda following the Jedi Order's mandate and its edicts to the letter to a fault. To the point where it drives them to inaction as opposed to action. Um, they never really question anything. They, they're comfortable in their seat of power. They, they're complacent for sure. And that's kind of what leads to the downfall of the Jedi. Um, a more vigilant outlook would have definitely served them better than the complacent outlook that... that ends up putting them in the predicament of the Clone Wars. And uh, and it's a lesson that I don't think that Yoda learns until it's too late in Episode 3. So, 
um, Obi Wan Obi Wan kind of is is that perfect Jedi, in my opinion. This is all in my opinion, of course. But he sort of, I mean, he is the first example that we get of a Jedi from A New Hope. So of course he's going to be kind of the shining pillar. But even throughout the prequels, everything that he learns from Qui Gon he applies. But he also applies everything that he's learned from Yoda, and obviously all of the other Jedi that that have influenced him. Um, and he's far enough removed from sort of negative uh, influences, because you know that Qui Gon's master was Count Dooku, and we all know where Count Dooku has ended up. So Qui Gon has a bit of a skewed point of view. Um, and maybe that's why he doesn't quite get along with the council in the way that he does. So Obi-Wan is far enough removed from that. Uh, and then because of everything he's been through, you can see his sort of perfect Jedi attributes in there. Obviously, he's not 100% perfect. Otherwise, he would have noticed the flaws with Anakin that are starting even now with the comments about uh, him not getting any sleep. And, uh, and it's sort of the opposite of Obi-Wan, where we see Obi-Wan being a very detached, aloof, uh, stoic hero. You've got Anakin, who is so, so just tied and, and uh, just invested in defeating Grievous. And, and we know, he, uh, as far as we know, he's not going to meet Grievous until Episode 3. So, I mean, we'll see how they do that, um, at least meeting face-to-face. -face. I mean, obviously, he was on his ship in the last episode, so there's a conflict there. They come close. They sort of skirt it, and, uh, and Obi-Wan has conflict with Grievous. But in Episode 3, Grievous says to Anakin, I would have expected someone with your reputation to be a bit older. And uh, and so that's sort of the, the sort that's the sort of thing that you only say to somebody when you're first meeting them. Um, and Anakin obviously bites back. I expected you to be taller. Uh, and so his obsession, though, it, that that's my point. Sort of getting back to it. I'm going on all these tangents today. Uh, but his obsession is something that. Obi-Wan should be worried about he is worried about it he's concerned he says to him you really need some sleep and then Anakin has the retort I'll sleep once I've found Grievous and uh, and and that's not healthy obviously so I mean we, we see Anakin heading down that path and these are these are fairly benign things to be worried about they're not it's not like he's... I mean, we, we know that we, he, we've got his actions such as slaying the, uh, the, the Sand People, the Tusken Raiders on Tatooine in, uh, in Episode 2. But, I mean, that, that's, it's one action um, which doesn't necessarily condemn him. It, it sets him down the path, but it's a path that he's already on. Uh, but it's sort of these other little things that they're a little bit more subtle. They're these slight warning signs that you'd see in in someone making that turn for the worse and uh it's unfortunate that they're in the middle of a war and they don't necessarily have time to deal with it he is one of their greatest heroes and of course they're not going to pull 
the great Anakin Skywalker out of action. And I don't think that you could if you wanted to. I mean, he wouldn't stand for it. So the, I, I guess that's a, that's a roundabout discussion about, about Anakin and Obi-Wan's uh, actions in this episode, even though they were only in it for like five seconds. But that just goes to show you how much detail they're putting in this show. How well the writers know the characters. That in, in, in the 45 second snippets that we see of Anakin and Obi-Wan. That they're infusing those character points in them. Which is just another great thing that continues to make this show great. So then uh, we, we kind of go back to the to the moon's surface. We see a little bit more of the clone's expendability as uh, as cut up gets eaten by that, and it sucks that they didn't give the eel a name. That's that was kind of like my biggest beef is that like you've got the opportunity to to set something in stone to give something a name, and uh, and I was personally expecting it to be a, like a space slug to look uh, look like the one from Empire, but. Uh, but the eel was a cool design too, so I'm not complaining. Uh, the only thing I'm complaining about is that they didn't give it a name. So I guess we'll just call it a Rishi eel? I don't know. Um, that's the best I can come up with. But it was pretty wicked when it just popped out, snatched, cut up, obviously killed him, and then took him into the hole. And this is, this is the direction that I hope the show continues to go in. Um, obviously, there was no Ahsoka in this episode, which, personally, I mean, I don't want to be a jerk or anything, but I'm glad for the break. Uh, there were no ridiculous nicknames or uh, insightful comments that she has to make. So, uh, like, like, yeah, that's Anakin. He's really all about adventure and excitement. <laughs> we know, like we know the character of Anakin. We don't need her for a sounding board, so it's nice to to get away from her for an episode and to get a little bit more adult to to take it into a bit of a darker place. Um, not as dark as they could go, but obviously, I mean, we've got kids watching it, so it's never going to get quite as dark as I think that some of us would like to see it go. Uh, not as dark as Episode Three, even probably. Which, which has its dark moments. Um, but still, I mean, we, we saw the sergeant murdered by, by the commandos. Uh, we saw Cut Up get killed. And then at the end, with Heavy sacrificing himself for the rest of them. Um, these, are, these are fairly adult concepts to be giving to kids. Uh, it's, it's not like G.I. Joe, where... You know, Snake Eyes would take out uh, a, a jet with a throwing star or something like that, and then the jet would explode. But a half a second later, you'd see this little dot, this little this little silhouette of one of the Cobra guys in the background, and then a parachute coming out, so that you knew that he was okay and he didn't die because we couldn't show that to kids if that was the case. Um, obviously, putting the show in prime time allows them to do something like that because it's not necessarily for kids it's not necessarily for for anyone under the age of about probably 13 um 
you could watch it with kids that are younger than that. I don't think that they're going to be terribly scarred by the show. It's not like it's gore. Um, it's just the concept. Uh, it's not like when, when the eel grabs cut up, it like splits them in half and blood goes everywhere. It's just, well, there goes another clone trooper. Um, but we're kind of getting to the point where I think it might, it might get to be a bit too much and we might, go the other way where every time we're introduced to a clone trooper we go well don't get attached to him he's just gonna die um so i mean that's a fine line for them to walk with do you keep killing clone troopers do you let them live what do you do uh because obviously you've got to keep that that sense of peril constant it, it can't really wane otherwise we end up in a situation where it is like a Saturday morning cartoon and we don't worry about the fate of our characters. Um, we want to be worrying about the fate of our characters. It makes it so much more interesting, so much more entertaining, and I think they know that. But, like I said, there's a point. You can only take it so far. So, uh, I, I, mean, I guess that's my thoughts for the episode. There wasn't really a heck of a lot else that stood out for me other than... Um, Cody and Rex were pretty cool. It, it was nice to see them have a relationship, uh, much like Obi-Wan and Anakin have a relationship, because obviously the two of them work closely together, being Anakin and Obi-Wan's sort of personal clone troopers. I, I don't know how you really say that, because it's not like they're slaves, but uh, but they're sort of commanding officers. It's nice to see that, that like a little bit of that relationship rubs off, and that they have a little bit of a of a rapport with each other uh for instance when they're just approaching the moon and and uh rex is like i don't know i've, I've got a bad feeling about this it's kind of sketchy and cody says well that's great because i'm putting you in command of this mission and it's sort of it's the same sort of thing that you could see obi-wan saying to anakin cody is obviously the one in charge and uh and rex is answering to him but yeah, it's just cool to see the dynamic between the two characters and to see that, that there is sort of a camaraderie amongst the clone troopers, even the higher-ranking ones. And uh, and it's cool to see them away from their their Jedi counterparts. So, um, and I think that answers a question that one of, one, of our, uh, one of our listeners had, which was why, if Cody is the commanding officer, was Rex the one giving all of the orders? And it's because... Uh, Rex was given command of this operation which was supposed to be a simple inspection so uh, yeah it's kind of funny that uh, that they put they put him in that situation so that is my thoughts on the episode rookies the fifth episode of the Clone Wars and now on to collecting news busy week in collecting news a lot of new stuff showing up something really cool personally this is something that i collect i've got all three of the other ones so far and that is a new star wars mr potato head we pretty much get one of these a year i think um they kind of come out around christmas every year with a new one um and this year we have the clone tuber i i'm assuming because of clone wars coming out and it's great it's it's just like the uh, the other Mr. Potato Heads, it's very similar to the Spud Trooper, 
It's just a Mr. Potato Head, standard Mr. Potato Head, with a clone trooper helmet that goes over top of him, and then he's got like the clone boots and clone uh, arms, and uh, and he comes with the uh, the laser potato masher, which uh, which I always thought was a pretty funny idea, because uh, how would how would one potato <laughs> defeat another potato and obviously it's with a laser beam potato masher so it's a pretty cool idea um and i like that and i'll be picking that one up for sure uh so yeah i, I saw the pictures on rebelscum.com so if you head over there it's uh it's about a week old the news so you gotta kind of go into the older posts but uh but it's there and you can check out the pictures there um other other stuff coming out obviously the dvd is coming out soon uh i think it's november 20th i can't really remember right now uh november 18th maybe uh somewhere around there and walmart is it walmart oh no yeah these are through walmart they're going to be releasing two dvd commemorative uh collections uh, one with a clone trooper, Anakin, and R2, and the other one with Grievous, Obi-Wan, and a battle droid. Funny that Grievous would end up in a DVD commemorative package, considering he uh, wasn't in the movie. But, um, I mean, these, these are just more of the same. They're not new sculpts, they're not new figures, they don't come with anything extra. They are just simply the three and three quarter figures that are already out so if you've already got a clone trooper anakin and r2 like i do i just picked up r2 uh, on the weekend actually um then there's no need to get that if you already have grievous obi-wan and a battle droid then you don't really need to get that but if you don't have any of these figures yet they are awesome figures and this is your opportunity to pick up three at a time so uh, it'll probably be a pretty good deal too. I would assume that it'll be around like $16 as opposed to paying like six bucks a piece times three would be like 18 bucks. So you save a couple of bucks on it, more than likely. That's an assumption, don't quote me on it. Uh, and then more exclusives uh, through Toys R Us, we have the exclusive Hailfire Droid that comes with General Grievous. And this Hailfire droid is different from the ones that they've released before. It has uh, sort of the CIS, the Separatist markings, so it's Clone Wars style. It's all blue with, with the blue paint job on it. Um, and then we have a V-Wing fighter with a V-Wing pilot, which is pretty wicked because I know that a lot of the time you, you end up buying the ship and then you have to run around trying to find uh, the proper pilot to go in it. I had the Naboo Starfighter, and I never got the, um, like, Rick O'Lee or any of the other pilots for it. So I always had, like, a Luke Skywalker in X-Wing gear piloting it, and it always bothered me because uh, it just didn't make any sense. That is until I got, um, which game was it? I think that it was Rogue, Rogue Leader. I think it was the second one the second uh, Rogue Squadron video game, the one for the GameCube, that you could pilot a busted up old uh, Naboo Starfighter. And so so then it makes sense. So I take it back, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so that is collecting news. Uh, not, not a ton else to report. Um, 
so that leads us to some listener mail our first one comes from brian in central pennsylvania uh and he says hi michael i am really enjoying your podcast of course i found it on itunes when doing a search for the tv show i don't have or want tv so i watch the shows on my ipod each week with a season pass i am just finishing your podcast episode four where you reviewed the first three shows i really like your analysis of how anakin's twisting of the truth to disobey the council mandate to do what he wants foreshadows his same approach in uh, revenge of the sith you are correct this is one thing that ultimately leads to his twisted thinking that the jedi are evil each tv show i mail my brothers with my take on the show and what i liked slash didn't like i am sure i'm not alone I'm really glad you are podcasting with your own analysis for the rest of us. Keep up the good work. Brian from Central Pennsylvania. Uh, so thank you very much for writing in, Brian. Uh, I, I can't believe you don't you don't want TV. Who doesn't want TV? I, I love TV, but uh, I guess that's a personal decision that you've made. At least you watch The Clone Wars. You still keep up with that by, by catching them from iTunes. Um, I don't know what kind of quality because I, I can't purchase them from iTunes being in Canada. But uh, I'm glad that you like the podcast. I'm glad that you enjoy my analysis because sometimes I think that I'm just a rambling idiot and I don't really know why people would listen to me. But uh, but it's nice to get mail that says otherwise. So thank you for writing in. We've got our second piece of mail. This is from Kyle Avery in Tucson, Arizona. And he says... Hello, Michael. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but like a lot of other people out there, I think your podcast is great. As I'm writing this, I just watched the Rookies episode not too long ago, and I think it's the best episode yet. I've loved the series so far, but it's been a lot of Jedi missions and such, and we haven't really seen a lot of clone action until now. I'm still waiting for an episode where we get to see another full-scale battle like the one on Christophsis in the movie. But this one was still awesome. It had a much darker and grittier tone than previous episodes, and I love when they explore the clones' personalities and make these identical soldiers seem like individuals. Also, I'm sure you've heard this by now, it's not Clone Wars, but it's still a major bit of Star Wars news. But this past week, LucasArts announced Star Wars The Old Republic, their KOTOR-era MMO game. I've heard speculations on a KOTOR MMO for a long time now, and was skeptical of the idea. I'm not a huge fan of MMOs and was hoping for a KOTOR 3 single-player RPG. However, after following the announcement and the details that have been released so far, the game seems very promising. It seems like Bioware is creating a huge MMO-sized game that is still story-driven like the first two KOTOR games. I'll definitely be keeping my eye on this one in the future. Keep up the great work on the podcast. I love the Clone Wars series so far. And it's great to have a place to turn to afterwards for news and discussions. Sincerely, Kyle Avery, Tucson, Arizona. Thank you also, Kyle. Um, you guys keep on sending in mail that is positive. I have yet to get a piece of mail that says, Hey, by the way, I hate your podcast. Um, so that's pretty good for having been out for a few months now. I mean, this is my sixth episode and I don't have any people who hate me enough to write in. But that's not why you called. Uh, <laughs> you you said that you like it so far, and then you commented on uh, on no full scale battles like in like on Christophsis, and I have to agree. 
that is the one thing lacking so far. We've gotten sort of the closest thing is the space battle from Shadow of Malevolence, where we had sort of the assault, but it wasn't a full-scale assault. It wasn't a full-scale battle. Um, it was either the ships and their assault, the Y-Wing assault, or it was the, the larger capital ships. So um, you couldn't really call that a full-scale battle, but like I agree with you. It's still awesome. These episodes have still been great. Uh, they're much more personal. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of the full-scale battles. Maybe like season finale and season opener type things. Um, it'll I think it'll be a little bit more of like these smaller missions because really like if if you talk to any war historian or, or like a World War Two buff, um, there really aren't that many full scale battles with with sort of the scale and scope of something like the Battle of Christophsis or the Battle of Coruscant or anything like that. Um, the majority of a war is actually fought in these smaller operations where you send in, I mean, especially World War II. There's so many different operations. And I mean, anybody who plays World War II shooter video games knows this, that there are hundreds and hundreds of secret missions and different kinds of operations that are a little bit more personal, more individual, where you've got like 12 guys and it's their mission to take out some Nazi base or, you know, something like, uh, like the movie, the guns of Navarone or something like that. Um, and I think that that's what we're going to see a bit more of. I think that that's, that's sort of where they get a lot of their inspiration, uh, is from like those world war two era stories, uh, whether it be the movies or actual, uh, historical accounts. And, uh, and I think it's a lot more truthful, for it to be this way um i mean the, the an assault on camino would have been a full-scale battle uh but the clones managed to prevent it which is what we want to see so um as long as we're from the good guy's perspective i think we're going to be seeing a lot more defensive maneuvering which tends to be these smaller skirmishes rather than larger battles so who knows? We'll probably see see some full-scale battles, but I think it'll be later on in the series. I think right now we're just sort of establishing a rhythm and a flow and a style to the series. So uh, so we'll see that later, hopefully. And then on your second part of this mail, you talk about the, the new KOTOR, or just uh, Old Republic. Uh, so I guess just TOR, <laughs> MMO. Uh, and, and you talk about how it's going to be a more story-driven game than other MMOs and how that might make it a little bit more like a KOTOR 3. Um, I totally agree with you. I was not that psyched about it being an MMO until I started reading the articles. I read an article or two on uh, IGN.com, which is where I get most of my gaming news, and uh, and it was fantastic. So how it's going to be more story-driven than other MMOs and how each individual character class will have its own storyline. It's not like you've got your troopers and soldiers following the same course of action and having the same motivations that a Jedi character would have. You're not forced down the path that you are like in Knights of the Old Republic. As much as they make it seem like Knights of the Old Republic lets you choose your path, you always have to become a Jedi. 
and I, for one, really look forward to playing one of these games where I can be one of those secondary characters. I don't have to be the Jedi. I don't have to be Luke Skywalker. I can be Han Solo. I can be a, a, a diplomat or something like that. Like, hopefully they add in a character class for that. I can be a soldier. I can be like a clone trooper. Something like that. Instead of just being a Jedi. I mean, I personally get really tired of the Jedi stories after a while, especially seeing as we're coming off the prequels. I mean, coming off, I mean, the prequels have been finished for a while now. But um, we're still sort of in that era. Everything seems to be dealing with that era with the Jedi. And that's not what makes Star Wars. Just because a guy's got a laser sword doesn't make it Star Wars. There are other series where people have laser swords. Um and telekinesis and all of the things that make a Jedi. So there are other elements of a Star Wars story that I want to be involved in for sure. And it seems like the Old Republic is going to have those elements. And you're going to be able to choose whether or not you are part of the, the Jedi side, like the light side, or if you're part of the Sith Empire. So like, th there will be a lot of opportunity for really cool stories and I'm super excited to play the game. And I'm sure that a lot of you out there are as well. And, uh, and once it comes out, I'll be, I'll be super excited to get online and play with some of you guys. And, uh, and we can sort of form our own uh, front lines guild or something like that. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes when the game comes out. That's our mail. Thank you very much for writing in, guys. Uh, and keep them coming. Keep writing in. Even if you've already written, I don't care. Keep writing in. I love to hear what you guys have to say about the Clone Wars and about Frontlines and about this show uh, and what you like and what you don't like. More so than just, it's great. A little bit more constructive feedback. Maybe let me know what parts of it you like so that, so that I can continue to make the show better. Um, unless what you're trying to tell me is that everything's awesome and I don't need to change a thing and that I'm just great and everything's great and we're all great. So, great. Uh, so now I will give you guys the description for next week's episode. And like I said, it's not going to be this Friday. It's going to be the following Friday. Um, so coming up Halloween, you can take the, the day off. You can go out, ha have fun on Halloween not worry about missing Clone Wars and having to come back later and watch a VHS copy of it or TiVo it or whatever. Um, you'll be able to catch it next week. And here is the description. R2-D2 is lost during a fierce space battle, and Anakin must find him before the Separatists discover the Jedi military secrets locked in his memory banks. Kind of an impersonal description. Um, I think that Anakin wants to find him for more reasons than that. Uh, from the preview that they have on StarWars.com, it looks like he gets pretty emotional. And as we know, he is not a very detached Jedi. He's very attached to those things that he possesses, and R2 would be one of those things. So um, this looks to be a really interesting episode. Um, I don't know. I don't know little top rookies, though. So we'll have to wait and see. But it looks like it's going to be very dramatic. It's got some really cool style to it from what I've seen in the preview. So... Look forward to that in two weeks. Really more like a week from now, but uh, two Fridays from now. 
And uh, and after that episode, we will be back. I will probably take this next, um, unless they announce some some more major news for the old republic. In which case, I might do come back and do a a uh, an old republic special report. So I'll have to come up with a cool name for those. Send in your suggestions, and as always, check us out uh, online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, username Clone Wars. Head over to Facebook and join the Facebook group. I've still only got 40 people in the group. I know that there's about 400 people subscribed through iTunes to the podcast. Uh, or iTunes and other other uh, podcast feeders. Um, so I know that there's a lot of you out there listening. And, uh, and I really, really, really want to sort of expand the community. I want you guys to have a place to come discuss this stuff. And, uh, and if, if nobody's active, then there's, then there's not really much of a community. So head over to, to our website, CloneWarsPodcast.com. Leave comments on the episode. Leave uh, feedback. You can find our email there. It's mcohen, M-C-O-H-E-N, at CloneWarsPodcast.com. You can email me. And, uh, and hopefully get it read on the podcast. Um, and that's pretty much everything. That is our episode for this week for Rookies. Our sixth episode to a, come to a close. So, thank you very much for listening. And I will catch you guys next time.